Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how's it going? It's going well, how are you? I'm doing great. It's Friday, April 8th. That means that yesterday was opening day in Major League Baseball. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So now we've got how many? We've got three sports running concurrently right Four, now. Right? If you call it, count golf. So golf. Golf, golf okay. MLB, NBA. Yep. Well, actually, it would be three. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm sorry. Well, we got hockey, NBA, hockey. MLB. Yeah. Right. And golf. And, go- and golf. Why are you skipping the golf? Okay, sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. All right. So let's jump. Let's just jump straight in. And, you know, like always, we're going to spend pretty good amount of time here talking some NFL football. The NFL has been very successful in getting people to talk about it year round. Year round. Yes. Good for them. Way to go. Uh, Debo Samuels out there in San Francisco. I don't believe that he is up for a contract. He's not a free agent. He's like a but, year away from ending his deal that he has right now. But he wants money. Mm-hmm. He wants some money. Yeah. What which, do you think? Which is understandable based off the climate for wide receivers, um, yep. how much money everyone's making. Uh, A.J. Brown's supposed to get paid, I think, here shortly with this, the rumor. Uh, he was involved in some trade rumors as well, but uh, Mike Vrabel said he's not getting traded as long as he's head coach, so he looks like he'll be staying along with a brand-new uh, contract that will give him a bunch of money yeah. guaranteed. So, But Debo wants to be I – th- I read an article that said he wants to be like the highest-paid non-quarterback in the NFL, okay. so he's going to have to deal with all the competition around that. Yep. Or he's going to get paid as a wide receiver. Either way, he's going to get paid fantastic. Uh, but I think it's going to be one of those things where he's going to demand a lot of money because he's not really a wide receiver. He's not really a running back. And he's not really – I mean, he can play a little bit quarterback if they wanted to, but he's not really one or the other. He just kind of plays everywhere on the on on the offense. So when you come to pay him, where do you pay him at? Do you pay him as a wide receiver? Do you pay him? At, I mean, it just <laughs> there's a wide range yeah. of options for both sides. Which Remember could, this in the whole Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham yes. is he a receiver? Is he a tight, a tight end? end? He wants to get paid like a receiver, not like a tight end. And that's when there's some friction because I mean, obviously. The Jimmy Graham thing was a little different because Debo has a market if, if I mean, like a very huge market if he gets, if the 49ers decide not to pay him. But, I mean, it kind of gets a little bit of friction going here because, I mean, the 49ers could be like, you're a wide receiver, but he could be like, I'm a wide receiver and running back, therefore I should get a yep. little bit more money. And they'd be like, no, I think you're this or I think you're that. And then they could butt heads over the price because they're both right because he plays everything, but he also plays at certain positions. So that makes contracts a little bit hard for these guys because they're, everything at once but they want to be paid at a certain position that could sometimes not line up with the will of uh the gm or the team or the ownership so i think they'll probably get a deal done and i imagine it'll be a lot of money just because i mean tyree kill it was devonta adams raising the bar and then it was tyree kill and then um they just keep signing guys over and over and over again to the point where just <laughs> it just seems like they're throwing so much money at these wide receivers because they they pay big dev- dividends if you're willing to pay that much money. The Green Packers were not really able to do that. He he bolted, which could have been a range of options. I don't know if the money was the biggest thing, but now he's saying to himself, "I want to." Oh, and Stefan Diggs is the guy I was missing on the on uh, that just signed the four year deal. AJ Brown could be signed here sh- uh, shortly, and now Debo wants to be part of this this uh, situation. Yeah. Smart that he doesn't wait to the very end, so the contract doesn't create that much big a deal. And right now. 
Money's getting thrown around, and that climate is just going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. So I'd recommend signing him as soon as possible so that you don't wake up tomorrow and suddenly that's up by $10 million. All of a sudden, now you have to pay him even more money because he's very well aware of what's going on. But, yeah, I think it's very important that the 49ers lock him up um, for a four- or five-year deal, give him a bunch of money up front, pay him what he's worth, let him play for your uh, for your franchise because he's the type of player – which can help you take over the NFC and, and get a deeper run into the playoffs uh, this season um, and just be able to win a lot of football games for, for themselves. They need to definitely get him involved a little bit more. I mean, they got to the second round, got to play the uh, Green Bay Packers, and they got eliminated, I believe, against the Rams, I believe, who got them down. So they definitely made a deeper, deep enough run. I think with Debo, they're able to make a bigger run. Uh, I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like come the, the new season because Jimmy Garoppolo is still sitting on their roster with no movement, which is surprising because everyone thought he was going to be the solution to the Colts and to the Seattle Seahawks and to the Steelers. Everyone uh, needed Jimmy Garoppolo is what they made it seem like. Yeah. He's still there. I think probably injury history probably kept him there, but having a guy like Debo on your offense for whoever comes in, whether that's Lance or that's Jimmy Garoppolo, it's just going to help you uh, in the near future. So, uh, I think 49er fans and 49ers uh, or and the 49er organization was waiting for this situation and uh, they'll they'll take it they'll take it one step at a time okay. obviously he hasn't completely asked for the money yet he's hinting at it as he cleared all 49er things off of his Instagram That's like a new thing I don't That's know like why clear the decks on our uh, social media right yeah it's it's ridiculous it's really silly uh Kyler Murray seems like the one who started that little yeah, trend and I think so so far on. it's just been happening so yeah Whenever someone clears it, expect they want a deal. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. There you go. Okay. So uh, more on the Tom Brady saga continues to come out. And uh, so now it looks like what happened was Brady was going to try to work a deal to get minority ownership in Miami. Then they would use that to as a lever to get him free from Tampa to go on field and play. And they'd go recruit. Sean Payton to come in and be the the coach. Yeah. But then uh, Brian Flores files this lawsuit, right? Yep. And then and it blows it all up. Like the Tom same Brady. day that Brady retires to do this maneuver, which apparently allegedly uh, was to not retire from football, but to retire from the Buccaneers. Yeah. And go to Miami. Now he's not. Now he's going to be in Tampa. But of course, there's all this dysfunction now. There's all this weird stuff out there. And the Bruceians steps up in the organization yeah so like so, so what's the deal like do the glazers give uh, maybe the glazers just give uh tom some uh ownership of uh of the buccaneers you know uh, I don't why not do, do that? that i i don't know i it seems like i don't know if bruce aarons was the reason he didn't want to stay if that was why the issue was happening and then right, he, no, he's like he's he stepped so up he stepped and that's out. why that's why he why he was willing to come back because allegedly he knew either the day he agreed to come back or the day right after that bruce aarons was going to make this move so is that influencing anything i mean we're probably not never know unless of course he signs another deal this season and then you can have like a pretty Pretty yeah, big, well, that's uh, what I would big understanding. Like, is that he signs another deal with Tampa? Like, if he doesn't, then then he. It's I a think, pretty good indication that he's not intending to. I think what it was the goal was was to to think a little bit further down the road than just yeah, where he's at sure. in football. He wants ownership so he can have something to fall back into and just retire. Right. So th- that was this. That was the like. It makes sense why he would retire the way he retired, just out of the blue. It was a strategic move, and it actually works really well if you think about it because. 
then there's the media cloud on like the retirement, like talking about all the stuff that he's done. So you can secretly behind the scenes work out this deal to get Sean Payton and himself into the Miami Dolphins, get ownership. And then all of a sudden the move comes out and that would be a, a big talking point, but it's behind that, that situation. So that makes a lot of sense of why he would do that. But I think, I just don't know if he sticks around with Tampa all that much longer. I don't know. I don't know if he, maybe because he gets a younger coach, maybe he'll continue to play. Um, Maybe if they're willing to give a little bit of their ownership and let him have a little bit of it, that's another yeah, option. That's a great situation. Why not? Uh, I don't know. Why if would he, you not do that? I don't know if the owners ownership would be willing to do that for him. Why not? Because I mean, I mean, if they as soon as there's a report would come out, I feel like they would want to talk to him. But I don't know. No. I just think it's one of those things that um, I don't know if he's satisfied in Tampa. And obviously, we'll know more as like I said as the season goes along, yep. what, what type of stories come out here, but. It's fascinating that that's what he was trying to work out yeah. and try to get done because, I mean, it's just it's smart that he would try to get a, a little bit of ownership in there and try to get something done. But I, I think he's going to play obviously play out this season, obviously. They are they're signing guys into the roster. They're getting everything put into place that if he wanted to continue playing for the Bucks, he definitely could and definitely have good success each and every season because of the players that they put around him and re-signing a lot of them to good uh, extensions and contracts that we talked about. And that's just going to continue down the road. Now they obviously could lose players, but I think also Tom Brady's a little bit more upset that this deal didn't happen because now he doesn't get to play with Tyree kill and Jalen uh, Waddle and all that stuff. Yeah, that well, he was probably looking forward to, but yeah, I think he's got some good receivers there in Tampa. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if anyone's as good as Tyree kill, but I think um, it's one of those things that I, th- I just don't know. Cause I mean, Maybe Tampa's just not being as willing as he might want because, I mean, he's not trying to move to a different state. He's just trying to move down the same Probably state because he wants to, to get Miami. to, like, retirement, right? He just he wants, wants sunshine and the warm weather. and Right, but, like, if he wanted – I mean, it just seems like Tampa might be a source of a problem for him. I don't know. Um, well, let's wait and see. We'll see, yeah. Let's see the season go on, and we'll see what happens. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's shift gears and let's jump over to the NBA for a couple of minutes. Uh, Russell Westbrook. It sounds like the Hornets are interested in a possible uh, what? Trade, trade or, or pickup. I guess. Is he, what is Depending he? on, I think, because I mean, the Lakers signed him, so I imagine they signed yeah. a multi-year deal. Yeah. Yes, I think no, no, he'll be a trade. So I think, um, uh, yeah, I think if you're the Lakers, you need to be fielding this right now and talking about it because he wants to come back to Lakers. That's the thought. Um, I don't know who's coming back to the Lakers next season. I don't think I don't think it would be in the best interest for LeBron James to come back next season. Anthony Davis, uh, we, I mean, he's been kind of put up in some reports as a possible trade destination. Russell Westbrook, they just seem they want to get rid of. Uh, Frank Vogel's supposed to get fired after the season is done. So it's just going to basically be a clearing of the house of all the main guys. So now you're kind of left with the bones of maybe Anthony Camello might stay and all the other guys that they've kind of had circling there. But all the all-star players, the big three that they have, all seem like they're going to be outside out of the door. Uh, I think Anthony Davis probably stands the best chance of staying on the Lakers organization and their roster. But I just don't see LeBron James continuing this, the, trying to stay on this on this boat. That seems like it's sinking. It doesn't seem like it has any sort of bones that are left over that is going to be good enough to win, especially after getting eliminated from the play-in tournament. Uh, and having to deal with, uh, I mean, just not even being able to play for the play uh, during the playoffs at all. He, LeBron James is also going to be injured for the rest of the season, so he won't play, which is also more of just resting, as you know from the NBA. They like to rest and not play as much as they possibly can uh, as to remain healthy. But I think the Lakers just need to think broader picture here, see what they can get for all these guys, because the market for, I think, Russell Westbrook isn't that big. I don't think 
many teams want him based off of the performance that he's been having uh, over the last few years. I mean, over the last season. I mean, the season before with the Wizards was decent, and he got a lot of triple-doubles, and that was really good. I think he should have stayed in that situation. Now, I think the Wizards are going to be an interesting situation as well, as Bradley Beal could become available, especially after they got eliminated from the uh, play-in tournament altogether. So there's going to be a lot of movement, I think, of a lot of superstar pieces over the next few seasons and in during this offseason, right after the playoffs. So I think R- Russell Westbrook and LeBron James are going to be in those conversations significant amount. And I think if you look at it, I just think you got to deal Russell Westbrook to wherever he can go because I don't think he's going to be the type of player that you can build a team around and make it into a situation where players want to come. I don't think he's that magnet type of player. Um, so I think he took a little bit of a step down in his career as opposed to a step up with playing with these superstars and these players. However, he was the one guy that seemed to remain relatively healthy among Anthony Davis and LeBron James, who could not stay healthy for any long length or an extended period of time at all. Uh, and that's the other issue for the Lakers that they're getting kind of old and they kind of are struggling with that, with the ability to stay healthy. Now, obviously, health will not change with a trade uh, for any of these guys, but to pull them out of the Lakers would just be a smart decision. Just kind of peel the Band-Aid off now, get rid of all the financial hits that you have to take, do them right now, get rid of them, get rid of the cap space issues, and just hand it off to another team, especially if they're interested at this point, because that interest uh, level could go down. Now, if you look at where the Hornets are, because I've been watching the last few couple of their games, especially to get prepared for the playing tournament, I think Russell Westbrook would fit well in that type of scheme, because he's the type of player that if he's used correctly in the correct scheme, such as the Wizards organization, then he could definitely assist and make plays for you. And and, and I think if he can start proving that he can do that again, he's going to cause some mismatch issues, which then can open up the other superstar players that are on this Hornets organization and this roster. And then he could be a key piece that could help them make a, a playoff run or maybe even a deeper run. That just depends on if he hasn't lost his touch and it was just the Lakers organization coaching staff coaching him wrong and using him wrong as opposed to him actually falling off a little bit, which is kind of surprising. Doesn't make sense with the type of seasons that he's had back-to-back. If he was actually falling off, it would be both seasons. It wouldn't be back-to-back seasons completely different from each other. So I think that might be a little bit of of the reason why this kind of is happening. So if the Horns are interested and they're willing to take the financial hit of it and take the contract and take the money and all that stuff, then just do it. I think both sides would be equally as happy to get him and to get him off the roster. So I think right now uh, it's going to come to the t- part of the time when these conversations are going to start happening. Um, I'll post it as these, uh, as rumors start coming out and everything on OMS sports, you want to check them out. But yeah, I would say, especially after they got eliminated, we're going to see a lot of interesting things happen with this Lakers. And I believe yeah. we're going to wake up and we're going to see a completely different Lakers team. All right. Well, before we, well, actually we got a couple of things before we get out, actually a few things. Uh, we're not actually getting anywhere. We're going to go on for a while. Uh, okay, so um, I mentioned it's uh, opening day in Major League Baseball yesterday. Some new tech, um, which I'm pretty sure you've seen, you know, allows the pitchers and catchers to or the catchers to communicate with the pitchers and do pitch counts. Uh, instead of using their uh, very finely painted fingernails, uh, they uh, will use this technology to kind of like tap in what they what they want the the pitch to be goes to the pitcher's uh, little thing that's inside his hat that has like it says like you know some microphones they can hear yeah yeah and uh, and then away they go. Um, I think it's pretty good. I think it's a good advancement. I think that uh, this whole idea of stealing play, like all of that, it's you know certainly it's like a risk to the game. And what we saw with the Houston Astros is a good example of what can happen if uh, a team really puts their mind to it. So I you know I I appreciate. 
advances like this that don't like this isn't going to slow the game down. It's not going to, you know, it's just going to make what's already happening more effective. So I, I think this is a good thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, Cause the, the debate is, is that whole sign sheet or sign stealing technically cheating. If you're able to de- like decode the other team's yes, signs. Cheating. Is that technically cheating? I don't know. Later on, you're going to give me a trivia question, and if I go to the internet, is that cheating? What? I'm just saying. I mean, like that's not decoding. No, no, that's like <laughs> no. It's decoding. It's like I'm sorry. I don't agree. Is you're it cheating? Like, you're going out of your way. You're you are trying to you know do nefarious things to gain advantage. But is it nefarious? It's like it's like the NFL where where the picture on the sideline gets thrown on the field with by the wind and the player looks at it and he's like, oh, I got a little bit of advantage or whatever. Yeah, and if they but had a camera set up and they were filming it and they were like trying to decode it and figure it all out and then they use like... But believe me, they that's didn't... Not the, that's not what we're supposed to be doing here. We're supposed to be fielding a good baseball team. They didn't... They didn't fielding a good football team. They didn't figure out the and signs. And winning the game by... Fair and square. By just by the cameras, they had to watch footage and film of the games way before the 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 series or the national or the world championship even happened. They'd be watching plenty to make sure they understood the signs and got to the point where they could even understand it. But if the signs are to the point where they're crackable and they're decodable, then it becomes that's your fault. Just put a thing on the guy's arm. And a thing in the guy's hat, but that's and decodable we're done. too. We're done. That's decodable too. No. Yeah, you get one of those like spy listening devices. They okay. sell them on the internet. And you just, oh, you just okay. Yeah. Scan right. it, that's cheating, hear. and you should be penalized. Then. Hey, then but that's not even because then it's like there's no argument here. They're making it hackable. I'm sorry. They're I'm good. I'm ready to move on from this particular topic. No, but I had something I wanted to say about sure, it. Sure, go for it. Because um, I think it's interesting because because um, it's not just the catcher and the pitcher that get to uh, have it. It's also three. Uh, right. outfielders right so that i think is cool because then it hits all of those guys at once it just boom you hit that one thing everyone hears it and they're all able right. to make decisions yeah. and they kind of slide around i think that's a- an advancement but i also think it's going to lead down the road to the point where the inevitable is going to happen and we get robotic ump- umpires behind the plate calling the balls and strikes and is that so bad of all of the sports where I feel like that just I feel like that there is the least amount of judgment needed, and and of course, listeners, if you uh, have uh, something to say about this, uh, feel free to like comment to our Twitter. But I uh, I think of of all of them, uh, this is. But this don't you is, think it's like easy to like those like robotic idea like to mess yeah, up a like lot it's, and it's, just having to slow down the game so much? I don't think so. In fact, I think it? it'll speed up the game. How would that uh, speed up though? Like I get the the, the calls thing on the will come arm like in stuff. a fraction of a second. How? Because the the, the ball still has to hit the yeah, as soon as it hits the mitt, the hit computer it. calculates it happens so fast it's done. Ah, uh, I mean yeah. that's gonna be a stretch, but yeah, and it's consistent. You can do it consistently when you have a person back there. They're using their judgment. Right. Yes. And the, and in baseball, of all the sports, it's the place where the you know, kind of the least amount of like judgment is needed it's like there's a box there right but they like to strike zone and keep the different edges yeah well that but that's like that's putting baseball has a lot of gray areas that's what we're learning here and they're trying to clean up all those gray areas by adding these things so i mean we'll see how i mean uh the the players seem to like all the different things that they're adding to the game so i mean if the players like it that's the best thing because they'll be the ones using it yep all right well let's uh let's talk a little play-in tournament Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks as we 
get close to play in tournament time. That's like the 12th. So it's like the 12th, four days yeah. away. Yeah. So I think with the Hawks, I, I was watching this game and with the mindset, because I'm also going to rewatch the Hornets a little bit to get a little bit better understanding. But when I was watching, I had the basic idea of the Hornets because that's the team that they will be playing if everything ended today, which there's still some movement going on as basketball games are currently happening. But I thought it was interesting um, how this team does a lot of the stuff that's necessary to beat the Hornets and just absolutely smash them. So I think they're in uh, defensive paint uh, or paint paint defense is really good. They get bodies inside. They just congest the paint to the point where you have to make some really good moves uh, and have some really good skills uh, and a really good ball handling skills to make a good play and actually make it into, into the basket. Um, they have good blocks. They are really good at making sure they get the blocks, steals, stripping the ball. Uh, turnovers happen a lot in that area, especially as you're trying to drive through. You can't just you can't just have a head full of steam and just charge through. Otherwise, you're just going to get the ball stripped from you, or you'll get a foul and it will go to to the Hawks. So that's one thing they're really good at is getting that area and just holding it in. Um, and then on the offensive side of the uh, on the offense side of the the court, they're there's some areas that they need to fix up, but when they're hot from that spot, then they can definitely win this game because when they're really good and they start passing the ball and they're hitting the threes, they can definitely succeed in this game because the the the, um, the Hornets were really struggling with closeout speed and getting back to the three-point shooter. They were just leaving them wide open. So if they can just hit, just hit down the threes and they do it consistently. And even if there's a guy in their face and they're still hitting those, that brings a lot of confidence to me that says they can definitely win this game. The other thing that they need to work on is Trey Young likes this little floater. That's one of the things that he makes his money on. That's what he's really good at. Where just try to drive in and then just float it in. That's not going to really work against this Hornet team as they are also very good at making the paint really congested. And they, it's hard to get through. The only way you can get through is through the baseline and then, kind of moving uh moving back and then scoring or um excuse me or by being very 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 physical in the paint and i mean just absolutely bowling everyone and moving them aside and then forcing your way up because it's going to be a very difficult situation you got to definitely make a lot of moves and and i think um capello capello sorry is probably that player that can definitely make those plays for this team and trey young can be the guy that kind of slices inside and can use that baseline and get the correct jumper so i think that's going to be helpful for him but the three-point game is where they're going to win the game because the 76ers were able to play against the hornets and make plays and start winning uh winning inside and dominated but the heat were very close to this hornets team for a while um but the three-point game when that clicked that's when the Hornets started to get buried because their three-point game started to uh, fizzle out a little bit, and it just didn't really kind of come back at all. And then the Heat were hitting the three extremely well. So if you're the if you're the Hawks, you have to make sure that's something that you're just working on. Just hit the three, hit the three, hit the three, hit the three, because you have players that can make it work. And if you get a guy just to drive in and then kick it back out, dribble drive penetration, and then you kick it back out to one of the guys on the perimeter, you're not going to really have a guy in your face. It's going to be a wide open shot to a wide op- a wide open to a wide shot, wide open shot. So. I think it's going to be one of those situations where, or not open, it's wide open or open shots. So it's going to be one of those situations you just got to make sure you can hit them and you're not going to let the, have any pressure or anything like that and just make sure you're just hitting the shots that are necessary. It's going to be a high-pressure game, but they got to be able to do that. The other thing the Hawks need to continue to do, which they did really well in the last couple games I watched, uh, is they really did a good job 
of closing out, no matter where the guy was, and no matter how, if they had to fight over a screen or anything, they were getting it back and they're getting their hand up into the shooter's uh, perimeter and not getting a foul, but still getting up there and making some plays and making sure the three-point play or the easy two-shot was a difficult one. And that sometimes led to turnovers, so that's also really good. And the last thing I want to mention is their, is their ability to create fouls. Um, they did this really well in both the games I watched, uh, but in one of the games against the Nets, they got like 22 free throw shots, and in just the th- first three quarters alone, they were just getting there over and over again. They just need to be able to knock them down more, but because this team uh, is, is so good at, you can try to get in there into the paint, and because they're so physical, I believe the Hornets are going to be able to have to foul them too much, that that could also be a way they could take over the game. It's through the free throw line, or the charity stripe, as I like to call it, and um, and and kind of take control there because we saw in the Nets game where they used the free throw line and eventually the three-point game clicked and started to turn on for them. So they're going to have to figure out what's the right strategy for them and how to get started quickly. But the absolute right strategy is to knock down the three-point game, try early and often, and supplement that in with some uh, dribble drive penetrations, kick back, all that stuff. But then also go in there with Carpello or with um, Trey Young and fight in the baseline and all that stuff to try to get things going and then also play concealed defense. More like we saw against the Nets than we saw against uh, the Cavaliers where they're usually with just one guy sitting in the middle and trying to, trying to patrol that area. But it, uh, more like where they had uh, those guys kind of cramming any guy that tried to make any move to go in and then also try to limit the amount of... Um, what's I'm trying to limit the amount of... Uh, issues because sometimes they were they do extremely well and then they kind of stray from that and then the other team kind of claws back into the game a little bit and then they've got to switch back in and do that uh, sort of thing so they also got to work on that but the other thing the the, the uh, Hawks were really good at getting into a situation where they were going on 7-0 runs 15-0 runs 12-0 runs something like that and points and the other team wasn't really able to get a situation going and that's something that teams were able to do extremely well and I'm talking about the 76ers and the Miami Heat when they played and those are the most recent ones since on Monday but or on Wednesday but um, I think if they can get to the points where they're getting to these long uh droughts for the the Hornets because they do get on these droughts take full advantage of that as well and you'll be able to get this game and you'll be able to seal it up quite nicely as there's only one game that you have to deal with not seven so into the until you get into the actual playoffs uh, which should be a little bit of a longer road you have to kind of get to that situation to work so that's kind of the takes on the Hawks that's a little bit about the Hornets so kind of got that done a little bit but we'll go more depth uh, into them later okay all right uh so it's trivia time yeah so lay it on me sir this one's the Masters. Okay, so it's you, golf. You, golf trivia. You might... My favorite. You love golf, yes. You try golf to leave trivia. it out. I, I know everything about golf trivia. So... Except I know nothing at all. There's... Who has the most master titles? And you might think you know the answer to this one, but I'll give you three options. Okay. Phil... Um, Mick, Mickelson. Mickelson. Yeah, Mickelson. Yep. Tiger Woods. Yep. Or Jack Nickel. I'll Jack call him Nicholas. 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 <laughs> I think it's Nicholas. <laughs> it is Nicholas. Nicholson's the actor. Yeah, not Nicholson. But Nicholas. Uh, I want to call it, I think it's Jack. Jack Nicholson? Nicholas? Nicholas. That is correct. He has six. There we go. Tiger Woods has five. I thought you'd go Tiger Woods. But... No, I know Jack Nicholas. Dude, just... hey. Sorry, you're so darn young. <gasps> I'm just saying. <laughs> no. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's I thought right. you'd go with Tiger Woods. Huh? That they were going to go Tiger Woods? No, no Tiger Woods, because I wanted to win the trivia contest. Oh, right, yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so yes. now I am, uh, wait, I'm up. Am I up Yeah, you're two? up one. Up one or up two? One. I thought I had. Because you missed one. I believe okay. you're up one. Okay. To go back to the tape and catch up on where <laughs> get, we're at. Get exactly. back in there. Kind of got out of, got out of count. Well, because we took the Wednesday one out and we brought it to Friday. Yeah. So 
This yeah. is kind of a little bit out of whack, but yeah. good job on that one. All right, very good. Listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that if you can. Uh, if you've got friends that like sports, please share the podcast and uh, share the website, umyasports.com. That's where all those headlines, sports news and information, just the sports land all the time throughout the day, yes. constantly updated. So go check it out. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. See you. God bless. See you.